Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I got so pissed that night that Jane had to help me to bed. And then she threw herself down beside me and we carried on making each other laugh, lying there in the dark with the shadows of the trees around the house playing on the ceiling. When she fell silent and all I could hear was the moorpork, I rolled over so I could watch Jane sleeping. Her fingers wound into her hair. I wished I could be more upfront, tell her how grateful I was for the scented candles, the gourmet dinners, the boutique wines, the cut flowers gracing the old kitchen table that she faithfully replaced every week. I wish I'd told her that she'd performed a bloody miracle, driving out of the house the ghostly pall of my grandparents' long and tragic demise and the impenetrable fog of my son's sullen resentment. If there was a downside to the situation, it was just that Jane's presence highlighted the extent to which I'd let myself go. This was evident when I was pegging up her frothy, lacy thongs next to my baggy black bloomers, when I saw how she'd transformed my son's grimy bachelor pit into a fantasy land of fairy lights, rainbow chiffon curtains, embroidered shawls and the sensual luxury of the white fluffy rug sprawled over his sagging bed. It was a sign of Jane's breeding that she never lectured me on my deficiencies, even though it would have been easy to do. A typical scenario was when we were browsing in the hospice shop in Kirikiri, and she hunted me down to hold up a mint 1950s plastic tablecloth in a fruit design that she said would be perfect for the kitchen table. She found me pawing disconsolately through the plus-size rack of baggy T-shirts and track pants. No more black, she admonished me, wagging one elegant, lacquered fingernail. Why not? Isn't it supposed to be slimming? It's depressing! What about this? She said, holding up a preposterous chiffon tunic and a shockingly bright shade of green. I could never wear something like that. Why not? She raised one manicured eyebrow. People would look at me. Even I knew this sounded pathetic. And? I don't want people to look at me. She raised the other eyebrow. Listen to yourself. What rubbish. Who cares what other people think? You have to grab life by both hands and suck the bejesus out of it. A lot of people spout these kind of platitudes. But in Jane's case, she practised what she preached. If I had to sum her up in one word, it'd be insatiable. She had an enormous hunger, a curiosity and an appetite for new experience, new sensation that could never be assuaged. She made me acutely aware how much I had given up, settled for less, 
ceased believing that life would reward me with more than getting through the days without too much trouble or unnecessary effort. Then one day, the balance shifted, just as spring turns into summer and summer starts to fade into autumn, overnight our relationship altered, a sudden shift in the kaleidoscope that threw new colours, a different, darker palette into the mix. Up to then, Jane hadn't talked much about a new job. I had assumed it was because it was going well, that she had embraced her role with her unrelenting positivity. I watched her set out every day, her arms loaded with found objects and craft supplies she'd paid for out of her own money, and imagined she was working her magic, inspiring, encouraging, transforming the blighted lives of her teenage students, just as she had mine. So I was unprepared for the day when I woke with a start and saw that it was 8.30-something and I was late for work. I'd become so used to the sound of Jane barging around with her morning ablutions, she had become my alarm clock. Now, on my frantic way to the bathroom, I saw her door was closed, no telltale strip of light from underneath. I paused, thought of knocking to see if she was OK, before I checked myself and carried on, tearing out of the house ten minutes later. When I arrived home that night, I was relieved to find the house seasoned with exotic curry smells. Jane was in the kitchen, elegant in a fringed 1960s moo, stirring a simmering pot with one hand, a long glass of wine in the other. I was worried about you, I admitted, as she poured me a glass and turned to check on the saffron rice steaming in its pot. She didn't answer, just started stirring, stirring. I saw her shoulders shaking, but it took me a while to realise she was not laughing, but crying. It was the first time I'd ever seen her like that. Oh, Jane, what's the matter? I went over and hugged her. She'd always come across as so strong, but now in my arms she folded, helpless as a baby. The wooden spoon was dripping yellow gunk onto the floor. I can't go back there, she wailed, so loud that the cat leapt up and made for the cat flap. I gently prized the spoon from her trembling hand and stared her to the table, sat her down and held her until the sobbing subsided and she'd composed herself enough to tell me what had happened. Which turned out to be a shocker. It transpired that things had not been going well at school for quite a while. I had cautioned her about the local kids, how they'd test you out, challenge you to see how far they could go. You had to set clear boundaries. Now I learned that she'd won over a senior class by bribing them with takeaways, rides home, credit for their phones, and, oh, my God, wine and dope, which she had even shared with them in her car on the back of the gym. Inevitably, one of the girls had betrayed her, knocking to the principal after Jane had reported her for bunking. The principal had immediately stood her down, fearing the kind of publicity that a school certainly didn't need. Now she was facing a disciplinary review and her future was uncertain. What were you thinking? I wondered. But she looked so miserable I couldn't bear to put the boot in further. Instead, I ran her a bath and perfumed it with her odour rose potion from the gilt-topped bottle on the windowsill. I put on her favourite chill-out music and brought her a wine, switched on the electric blanket in her bed. Don't worry, 
I told her as I wrapped her in a pre-warmed towel. If you can't pay the rent for a few weeks, you've made up for it in spades, with all the improvements you've done round here. She reached out to hug me in the steamy warmth, and despite the disparity in our heights, I felt such a surge of maternal affection, of sisterly love, that when she asked me if I wouldn't mind being a love and fetching her pills, I didn't ask her whether it was a good idea to mix alcohol and prescription medicine. I just wanted to see her smile again. It's their loss, I reassured her, once she was safely tucked up in bed. It's not every day that a woman of your calibre washes up on the tide. She wriggled down under the fake fur blanket and fixed me with a watery smile. This could be a wake-up call, she told me. I'm an artist. I need to be focusing on my art. When I came home the next afternoon, Jane had been busy. You look much brighter, I said. No wonder. She'd taken advantage of the free health service to get herself on a sickness benefit with counselling for post-traumatic stress. Now I can focus on my own creative projects. Oh, and don't worry, the benefit will cover my rent and utilities. So who is this chick? Daryl stood stiffly in the doorway of his old room, eyeing up the fake fur blanket, the spangled chiffon scarf shrouding his bedside lamp, the perfumed pots arranged along the top of his chest of drawers, the sewing machine set up on the student desk, the lacy bra languishing on the flocati rug. She's not a chick, she's my age, a schoolteacher. She's really creative and a wonderful cook. He looked unimpressed. Where am I going to sleep? I'll make up a bed in the sunroom. You'll be comfortable there until you sort yourself out. Firm boundaries. That's what the councillor said. My son had arrived home unexpectedly that morning, having quit his lucrative job after a run-in with his boss, who was apparently not only a Nazi, but a dickhead. Without further evidence, I had to take his word for it. I don't see why I should give up my room to some stranger. I don't feel comfortable having some weirdo in the house. She's not a weirdo. You'll like her. Not if she's someone you picked. I followed him into the kitchen, where he flung open the fridge and frowned at Jane's stash of yoghurt and hummus, bean sprouts, halloumi and skinny milk. <sighs> What's all this shit? Where's the beef? You could have called, given me time to make arrangements. He sniffed at a container of tofu and made a disgusted face. You wouldn't have done anything. He held up a glass jar and eyed the contents suspiciously. What the hell is this? It's kimchi. Are you sure you gave that job your best shot? He unscrewed the lid on the jar, gave it one sniff and dropped it into the trash can. Hey, that cost 14 bucks. It's gone off. I'm just saying maybe you shouldn't have given up so quickly. The sunburst clock rattled as he punched the wall. The crownland swans quivered on their shelves and the cat made a strategic escape through the open window. Daryl slumped against the wall, breathing heavily, and examined his fist for damage. Most parents are loyal to their kids, he said. I tried to remember what the counsellor had told me. Clear boundaries. I am loyal, Daryl. But you must admit, your work record is kind of spotty at best. 
He rounded on me. I don't see how you think you have the right to lecture me when you're doing some shitty office job in a shitty hick town. He had a point. I held up my hands in surrender. Calm down. Of course you're welcome to stay. But I can hardly tell Jane she has to move out straight away, can I? Especially with her recent diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, the last thing she needs is more disruption. Besides, we can do with the extra cash till you start paying your way. He tore the top off a yoghurt pot and upended the entire contents into his mouth. What choice do I have? His milk moustache disarmed me. Thanks, Daryl. I'll put up curtains to give you some privacy, fix that broken window to keep the mozzies out. Temporarily placated, he moved on to the pantry like some browsing form of wildlife. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.